Hangout on Air is live whenever you're ready, Tom. Narwhals. Go back. Oh, just, okay. Go back All to right. the Canadian Labatt Blue Hovel you crawled out of. I will. That's right. I'll enjoy it. Back in the day, when people used cassettes, there was an A-side and a B-side. Now, aside from the homage to Tom's age, we got into yet another good discussion, which was completely unrelated to the topic at hand. Imagine that. So much so that we decided to turn it into another B-side. Enjoy this additional content, and keep an eye out for our next episode. Cheers! questions and now we have to spend our time answering them our precious time time we're never going to get back so we just decided to like take these in mass and just answer them one after another so can't wait no i that was hard. That was pretty hard. a lot of issue with your tone I, there. I appreciate I'm the text message for them. engagement. Yeah, so. I guess we have been asking for it. We, we do. Yes. And we, do, we honestly do appreciate them. We love answering them. Please keep sending them in. Uh, I just haven't gotten my, my fill of snark for the day. Yeah. Like, 612-208-6258. That is the number. And from here on out, because we our inboxes are just flooded with these text messages, there's just so many we could barely keep up. <laughs> that we're going to start just dedicating an entire B-side to answering all of your curiosities that are directed to Tom, me, and Gabe. So, well, shall we, boys? Just let's, jump in. Let's do it. All right, so our first one, uh, I don't actually know who it's from, uh, but it's titled, or it just says this. Um, this one's for Gabe, since he's the resident philosopher of PGP. I take offense at that, by the way. Whoever texted this in... No, I was just going to stop there. I don't want to be the resident philosopher. I just want to be, to be acknowledged okay. as a as a philosopher as well. Okay. So at I any read rate, a philosophy book. Can I be part of this? Absolutely. You're in too. Okay. Uh, you're in. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> resident philosopher PGP. Uh, here's the question. It's not really a question. It's just a joke. It says this: uh, Rene Descartes ordered a drink at a bar. After he finished it, the bartender asked Descartes if he wanted another drink. Descartes replied, "I think not." And then he disappeared. Mm. So uh, deep. It's good. So to give a little backstory, uh, Dej, I'm pretty sure that was you. Uh, of course, the uh, the famous philosopher uh, Rene Descartes. Uh, the story behind, you know, his famous saying is "Is I think, therefore I am." Ich denke, deswegen bin ich. That's how you say it in German, in case you were wondering. Is that right? That yeah, is. That's a, okay. the only thing I remember from German in high school. For the record, we weren't. Yeah. So, uh, well, now you know. And knowing is better than not knowing. And knowledge is power, which no. is Francis Bacon. Um, I thought that was the G.I. Joe's. No. no, I think that was Reading Rainbow. The, or oh, or yeah. NBC, The More You Know. That's The More You Know. Francis yeah. Bacon is knowledge, is knowledge is power. However, Michel Foucault, the 20th, 21st century French philosopher, uh, flipped that and said power is knowledge. Mm. Meaning that which is in power controls what we think is true and what we see to be true. And yes... Listeners, that was a subtle drop of a French postmodern philosopher. It was. But, so, 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 you know, I take it back. Gabe is a resident philosopher. Okay. I can't and, compete with that. And can anyone, like, just going back to my intro, I mean, now we have to do this and we have so, to listen to Gabe. Just let me flex for a second. So it's not actually that much flexing. It's, it's uh, Rene Descartes, French philosopher, uh, you know, 1600s existed. And he's famous for the cogito ergo sum, uh, which is, I think, therefore I am. Right? Big deal. Right. So at any rate, so uh, the reason Descartes comes up with this is he's trying to figure out what's true. 
And the way he figures out that he's going to determine what is true is he's going to doubt everything he knows. And so he locks himself in an oven. True story. Doesn't turn it on. Don't worry. Locks himself in an oven and says... I mean, says, this has to be like a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego-sized oven. It, We're not talking like right. your state-of-the-art Cuisinart. No, this is, this is no Cuisinart. This is no KitchenAid. This is no LG. This is a, a proper big old, I don't know, French oven, whatever. So he locks himself in there and he says, I'm starting to doubt everything. So he just doubts everything you think of. He doubts, um, you know, God. He doubts morals. He doubts... Uh, that he has a body, he the doubts freshly that he's, baked baguettes sitting right next to him. He in doubts the that oven. they're there. Yeah, yeah, he doubts everything. He says, "I'm just going to doubt everything," and then he reaches this point in this thought experiment where he says, "But, but I can't doubt that I'm doubting, like because I can't doubt that I'm thinking because I'm doing it. I'm doubting. I'm, I'm thinking." And so he says, "Ah, I think, therefore I am. Mm. So I, I know I exist. I know reality exists." Because I'm thinking about it, because it happens, and so kind of from that, a lot of people would, would root much of the Enlightenment project in. I mean, almost that sentence. I think, therefore, I am. Ich denke, deswegen bin ich. And so then the joke here is, you know, he says, "I think not," which then means he, he no longer exists, exists. because his <laughs> thinking is right. So there's there's the joke. Oh, so snobbish mm. and uppity. All right, so that was our philosophy one. Next one, the next couple are about our B-side on the Transfiguration. Which got such a... I mean, I'm glad you guys were so agitated by that. It uh, was unexpected. Tons of response. Indeed, indeed. So our first one uh, is this. Uh, Just listen to the B-side for the Transfiguration commentary. I wanted to throw this portion of Scripture your way in consideration of all the other conversation that you had. What do you do at the end of Hebrews 9 when it talks about man is only destined to die once? Perhaps there is a cohort of, of holy people that were raised from the dead along with Lazarus and Jairus' daughter and the widow's son who will not die again until the coming of Christ. And until then, they proclaim him crucified until the second coming. I really enjoyed this B-side. So, all right. So, end of Hebrews 9 says, man is only destined to die once. Just as people, right, so 9.27, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. All right, so I think if we maybe let's deal with Hebrews 9 and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Is like, it's kind of a, a similar conversation we I've had with Tom, I know. Uh, I don't maybe even had it on here, but like Ephesians 5 says, uh, you know, uh, a husband should love his wife even as he loves his own body. And Paul says, for no one has ever hated his own body. Uh, and Tom's like, well, actually, there are people that have hated their own bodies. Uh, and so... There's whole mental illnesses. Right, right there's whole mental illnesses. Right? And so, so then how do we interpret that text when it's like, well, that's sort of not true. Uh, well, I think what we have to do is, is frame it in terms of a, uh, all things being equal. In a general sense, people don't hate their own bodies. Like, none of us are stabbing ourselves right now. None of us are, like, trying to destroy our bodies right now. We're generally, in a general sense, most people try to take care of their bodies, right? And so in the same way, in Hebrews 9, uh, to just connect this tip to tip, it's in Hebrews 9, it, it says that, like, men or, or humanity, uh, just as people, are destined to die once. But yeah, by and large, most people are destined to die once. Now, see, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get too deep down that rabbit hole, uh, I think this is the this is a, a necessary and helpful distinction, right? Thank you, Tom, for turning on your computer <laughs> right just, as I was about to make my this point. This is a professionally amateur podcast, Tom. Wow. Because uh, re- read the, the question again about the, the reference this, this texter makes to Hebrews 9. So it was, what do you... 
What do you do at the end of Hebrews 9 when it talks about, quote, man is only destined to die once? Perhaps there's a cohort of holy people that were raised from the dead along with Lazarus and Jairus. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Stop so there. I actually think that the, the point is slightly misguided in the sense that the writer of Hebrews 9 says people are destined to die once. He's not mm. actually addressing people who have died and were resurrected on the day that Jesus was resurrected mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm. came out of the tombs. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 9 doesn't say just as everyone dies once and everyone has died once and then face judgment. He's saying everyone is destined to die at least once. At I least guess, once, right? right? I mean, you can because because that. And, and the thing I think Gabe, you and I talked about this briefly as soon as we the text came in was, look, if we look to those who were raised during during Passion Week and then Easter, right? Then if they didn't die again and were still living, that would be problematic because they would have sort of stolen the the spotlight from Jesus. We would have accounts of these people who died, were resurrected, and never died again. Right. Or they'd or, still be around. Or they'd still be around. <laughs> or there would be accounts of how they were caught up like Elijah in a chariot of fire. Or, you know, how they ascended into the clouds. There would be, like, extra biblical or even added biblical accounts to what happened to these people. But the fact that they just sort of disappear into the background, I think, is important. Because, yes, they were destined to die once. They experienced the miracle of resurrection pre the last day. And yet, I think the only conclusion, logical conclusion that we're left with is that they died again. Right. Which doesn't negate the resurrecting power of Christ's resurrection. But I think it just emphasizes the fact, just as people are destined to die once, so Christ was sacrificed once. Yeah. It was his destiny, like by the will of the Father, to come to earth and to die once, not to die and rise and then die again. Right. If that makes sense. Yep. So, I mean, it's a great question. I just think that... If we jump past that destined piece, right. it's good. then you know maybe it's uh, it muddies the water up instead of clarifies it. Perfect. All right. Our next one on the transfiguration was this. I just listened to your B-side on the transfiguration. I'm not sure why Gabe and Josh are so handsome. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, weird uh, that I would say that. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't show up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it doesn't actually say that. It says, I'm not sure why Gabe and Josh referred to Moses as possibly not dying and put him alongside Elijah, who did not die, but was taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Deuteronomy 34 clearly states that Moses died and the Lord buried him. Okay, so no one saw him die or knew his burial place, but it clearly says that he died. So Moses writes about his own death before it happened. So also did Isaiah write about the sufferings and death of Jesus before it happened. All right, it's a fair question. Uh, so, Josh, would you read Deuteronomy 34 for us with the, what the, the listener is referencing here? Yes. At seplevit eum in vala terre moab contra fogor, et non cognivit homo sepulchrum, ejus uscue in presentum diem. Moises said, oh, sorry, okay, my bad. That was in Latin, in the Vulgate. Uh, We're all I'll, very I'll, impressed. Just, I'll just read this in English. We're very impressed. That was from memory, too. I'm not actually. <laughs> Moses was, or and uh, and he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. Mm, indeed. Okay, so then why would Josh and I clearly Deuteronomy 34? He died. But also, let's just be clear: Moses didn't write the book of Deuteronomy in its entirety. I don't know that I'm ah. I'm pretty sure Joshua finished up Deuteronomy. I don't know the answer to that. 
I don't want to dig. I don't want. I'm not jumping in that hole with you. If you want to dig yourself in there, you do it. But I am not sure. I would. I just refer to the first five books of the Torah. Those are the books of Moses. So I, I don't know. To me, I like. Okay. Okay. Whatever. That's for a different episode. Let's get back to the whole transfiguration. Yeah. yeah. So at, at any rate, um, okay. So Deuteronomy, what do we do with this, Josh? Like we we got we got well, called to the carpet here, and first, perhaps rightly so. First of all, beyond reasonable question, Moses wrote Deuteronomy very near the end of his life. It is likely that Joshua, as Moses's successor, as leader of Israel wrote the account of Moses' death. Okay. Google.com. Thank you, Google. Yes. I mean, that's the best source of theology. Academic research. Wikipedia, Google, gotquestions.com, knowyourbible.org. I mean, anything with a .org is a reputable source. That's how you can tell. You can't just buy any domain extension these days. You just can't. It's like illegal or something. Okay. So I think I can answer this question, being the non-resident theologian here. Um, We started this episode fairly late in the in the evening we had already had a drink maybe even two when this statement (laughs) when this statement was made and so i think we can simply chalk this up to to human error no and and there we go honestly no i mean i i I love what you're going there and that would be a lovely excuse but i mean the the reality is you guys are just dumb no josh and i had a reputable professor a theologian really well-thought guy, PhD, etc. He's the one who highlighted this for us back in the day, who is like, hey, maybe it's because of this, because it's a little like Moses' death is a little weird. Now, you say that, and then you read Deuteronomy 34, which if Josh had read that, oh, you did read the English. I it's did like, read the English. Moses dies. So it's like, all right, whatever. But I, I guess I maybe put it this way. There is historical... Uh, there's been scholarly there's work. scholarly work, yeah. That's not just, uh, you know, recent... But that has been around. Uh, there, there is a train of thought within the theological archives, okay, of reflection, that says that part of the ambiguity uh, around Moses's burial site being unknown or undisclosed is because he was actually caught up and not right. physically buried in the earth. Because it is this idea of like the the rest of the patriarchs. Like it's a big deal when they're buried. It's a big deal where they go. It's there are a big, structures. There are markers. There are you know um, what do you call those things when you stack the stones on top of each other? Ebenezer's. Ebenezer. There are lots of <laughs> Ebenezer's. Here I raise my Ebenezer. See hither by. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the whole hither by that that's a weird. We just don't use it enough. We, we don't. Okay. We, all right. So continuing. So long story short is, listener, you're probably right, and we probably made too big a deal out of this. Uh, and, you know, it says he's dead, so we should just leave it at that. However, there is this sort of mystery about the fact that he's not, like, there's no place where his body is. And why is he appearing with Elijah, another um, unburied sort of Israelite that escaped death? I mean, like, you well, you know, like, if you're asking us this question, you already know about Elijah. So there, there's got to be some significance with why Moses and Elijah are the ones who appear with Jesus in his transfiguration. Yep. Like why? Yeah. Exactly. And so it's just... Because that's an odd camp for Moses to be put into if he if he simply... If the, the nature of his death um, and the nature of his burial was similar to the other patriarchs, right? Why not Joseph appearing with Elijah? Why not Abraham appearing with Elijah? You know what I'm saying? Like there, yep. there's so much that would make less sense um, due to the circumstances surrounding their deaths and or lack thereof. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So that's what we got there. Great job. Thank you for that question. As uh, We appreciate it. And honestly, we do appreciate like some pushback and be like, you guys a bunch of heretics? We, I, hopefully we're not. But we, yes. we appreciate that. So Without a doubt. You. 
Uh, our final question is really my favorite one. Uh, and this came in via voicemail, actually. Uh, but it transcribed automatically. And uh, this was the question. Hi, this is Joan. This is Nina from Dr. Mantua's office. She just told me that she received a call from Rheumatology. They can see you at 420 today, but I believe you already scheduled that appointment. So if this is a table catering information, please disregard. But again, that's Rochelle said Rheumatology. We'll see you at 420 p.m. today. Thank you so much. If you have questions, call us back. Gives the number. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Seems like a pretty reputable... Seems like someone really... Needs us to go to Dr. <laughs> Mantua's office. We, we do need to see Dr. Mantua. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm concerned. Rheumatology is nothing to nothing stick to. It's a laughing yeah. matter. No, yeah. that is no. the truth. So, but do we call Rochelle or I mean, who, that's who else? I'm just confused about who I'm supposed to call back to schedule us a rheumatologist appointment, like while we're all together here in Chattanooga. The, yeah, yeah. There's a lot there. Clearly, they had the wrong number. So, for you, our good listener, the correct number is six one two. 208-6258. Don't be shy. Text in your questions. Give us a call. And let's see how Google transcribes your very most important questions and curiosities. We are out. <laughs>